Welcome to the Summit for Wellness podcast, where we help you climb to the peak of your health. And now, here is your host, Brian Carroll. If you listen to episode 85, where we talked about making informed supplement choices, you probably remember that Kate Mahoney didn't want to talk about specific brands that have the highest quality supplements. Well, I was able to convince her to come back on the show to tell us which companies she believes have really good quality products and the best brands for different supplement types. What's up, everyone? I'm Brian Carroll, and I'm here to help people move more, eat well, and be adventurous. And today we'll be diving back into the world of supplementation. And I know it can be confusing knowing which supplements are good and not so good which is why Kate is the perfect person to provide us with options because of how much time she has spent in the supplement industry. As I have mentioned before, Kate is not affiliated with any specific brand, so she is coming here with an unbiased view on these different brands. So let's go learn from Kate what supplements are worth getting. Kate Mahoney has been a passionate advocate of holistic healthcare since experiencing the profound difference it made to her health and the health of her loved ones in young adulthood. She is a functional supplement specialist with over 15 combined years of education and professional experience in the remedial use of supplemental nutrients who specializes in supplement quality. One of her goals as a functional practitioner is to empower her clients and colleagues with information that helps them to make informed choices so their life, health, and well-being can thrive. Welcome back to the show, Kate. Thanks so much for having me again, Brian. I'm excited to be here. Of course, and we had you back on episode 85, which happened to be in the top two podcasts of 2018. So I'd love to hear just what have you been up to since the last time you were on? Well, as you mentioned in my bio, I'm really passionate about empowering people with supplement education. So one of the things that I have been working on in 2019 that is now being launched in 2020 is I have a new business. It's called the Academy of Professional Supplement Certification. And it is a place where I provide supplement education for functional practitioners. And one of the things that's in the works is that I eventually am going to have an online program that consumers can take as well in order to become better educated about supplement quality as well. Yep, in the last uh, episode that you were on, uh, we dove really deep into quality control and all that type of stuff. So there was a lot of fantastic information in that episode. And you left us with a teaser to talk about your favorite supplements. So let's go ahead and talk about some of your favorite supplement companies. Well, first, I want to address the fact that you said we did a deep dive in that podcast. And I want to say, actually, we only barely scratched the surface of that topic. When it comes to supplement quality, there is so much to know, but I wanted to provide the consumers that listen to your show with a bunch of really easy, applicable information that they could take and just run with in order to be able to make better, more informed choices. And now when it comes to my favorite supplement companies, one of the first things I have to say is that because quality can really vary. In all honesty, I don't have a single favorite supplement company. What I instead have are favorite products. Well, let's dive right into those products then. What, <laughs> what, where do you want to start when it comes to products? 
Well, there's a couple different things that I want to talk about. I want to make sure that this entire episode is full of what I like to call delicious health geek nuggets. And that's going to include information about when to spit. And I know a lot of you are probably going, when to spit? What the Himanaha is Kate even talking about right now? You will find out soon. We're also going to talk about beneficial bugs, which I absolutely love. And now you're like, bugs? I thought we were here to talk about supplements. Well, if you think that I'm talking about probiotics, you would be correct. Beneficial bugs. We're also going to talk about urban goodness. Get it, Brian? Urban, H-E-R-B. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I'm a health geek. <laughs> so uh let's start with the first one then let's dive right into um your favorite supplement number one okay well that's where when to spit comes up because we're going to start talking about fatty acid supplements so one of the important things to keep in mind about fats is that fat digestion, the emulsion of fats, literally starts in the mouth because in our saliva, we have something known as salivary lipase, which helps to break down and emulsify the fats, which means we should all be chewing our fatty acid supplements, every single one of us. If you don't want to chew them, because they quote unquote taste bad, guess what that means? You shouldn't even be taking them because fats are supposed to taste good. That's literally one of the roles that they have in food. They are meant to make food taste good. So you can actually tell the quality of a fatty acid supplement just from the taste. So if it doesn't taste good, spit it out, don't take it, please change to a different product. And I am about to share with you some of the products that I suggest. So I wanted to start with plant-based fatty acid products. There is one brand that I feel really goes above and beyond in this regard, and that is Barleen's. It's spelled B-A-R-L-E-A-N, apostrophe S. The reason why I love this company so much is because when we think about the plant-based fatty acids, we have to remember how delicate and fragile they are. They literally can be damaged from UV light, heat, and even oxygen once they are extracted from the food that they are naturally present in. And what I love about Barleen's is that they actually have specialized manufacturing equipment to ensure that they are extracting the plant-based oils without damage by doing it in a deoxygenated room, using low heat processing equipment to ensure that the delicate fatty acids will remain intact and unharmed and never go above a specific temperature. And the other thing that I love about them is a lot of the plant-based fatty acids actually use hexane, which is a byproduct of refining gasoline. They use chemical solvents to extract the fatty acids from the plants because it creates the highest yield. 
But what I love about Barleen's is that they try really hard to stay away from that. They're actually doing cold pressing techniques to ensure that not only are the oils undamaged by heat, but they want to keep their use of chemical solvents as low as possible. So those are all really important things to consider when you are taking a plant-based fatty acid product. Now, um, you're talking about plant-based fatty acids. Is there a difference between plant-based fatty acids and animal-based fatty acids? And if so, what are those? Oh, yeah, there definitely is. Well, one of the things to keep in mind is that there are a whole bunch of different fats, and they all play different purposes and different roles in our body. For example, the saturated fats are really important because they are what's responsible for manufacturing prostaglandin 2. And then there are the omega-6s that are responsible for manufacturing. Well, they don't manufacture it, but prostaglandin 1 is made from omega-6. And then prostaglandin 3 is made from omega-3. And they all work together cohesively in order to regulate our body's ability to effectively heal itself by inflaming and de-inflaming because we have to remember that when tissue is damaged our cells need to be able to get into that tissue to repair it so that's why inflammation happens our body is literally opening up the cells in order for the nutrients that need to be able to go in there and facilitate healing can. And then once that healing has occurred, then the PG1 and the PG3 will go in and de-inflame the area in order to say, hey, guess what? The healing's complete. So we need to have all of these different fats in the correct balanced ratios. The thing is that the plant-based fatty acids, the main reason why they are available is because there's not just the omega-6 and the omega-3. There's also things like omega-9, which plays a different role in the body as well. That can be found in really high amounts in things like olive oil. <clears throat> but you can also get it in a supplement if you want to do that too. Now you asked whether or not there's a difference between the plant-based and the animal-based and I just wanted to clarify are you referring specifically to omega-3 fatty acids? Yes. Okay that's a great question. So with omega-3 fatty acids there are some different products that are on the market one of the most commonly known ones is flax oil. Now to be perfectly blunt, it's very, very difficult for the body to convert flax oil into omega-3. When you look at the studies and the tests and the research done on the product, you find that number one, it's actually very taxing energetically, cellularly to the body for the body to convert the flax oil into the usable omega-3. Not only that, the flax oil is only being converted into EPA. It's not being converted into DHA. Now, with fish oil, fish oil products have naturally occurring EPA and DHA that is readily available. The body does not need to convert it. However, when it comes to fish oil, what gets really complicated is that, oh my goodness, first of all, huh, there's so many steps in this process. 
So there is the factor of how long ago was the fish harvested? And this is why the very first step in fish oil production is literally de-rancidifying the fat to make it safe for human consumption. Because usually the fish oil is sitting around so long and we all know fish spoils very, very quickly. Seafood products go bad very, very quickly. So you can only imagine if fish oil is sitting around at room temperature for even a week, but we're talking about more like one to two months or sometimes even longer, that fish oil is not safe for human consumption, <laughs> right? So they have to de-rancidify it to get it safe for human consumption. And that's what's happened with most of the fish oil that is on the market. Now, there are companies that go above and beyond with the fish oil because the other thing to consider with the fish oil is biology has shown that toxins get stored in the fats of living material. And at this point, unfortunately, our oceans are very, very toxic. So we're talking about a whole bunch of environmental contaminants that need to be cleaned out of these fish oil products. I'm talking about heavy metals, xenoestrogens like the PCBs, um, VOCs, the volatile organic compounds. These are all things that are naturally present in the fish oil. Some companies do have the specialized manufacturing equipment and techniques in order to get these contaminants off. But this is another complicated conversation in and of itself, because when it comes to omega-3, you kind of have two different parts to the fat. You've got what's known as a triglyceride backbone, and then you have these ethyl esters, and the ethyl esters are connected to the triglyceride backbone. And the place where the toxins and contaminants get stored in the fat is where the ethyl esters attach to the triglyceride backbone. So in order to clean those contaminants out of the fish oil, you need to have the specialized equipment to literally detach the ethyl esters from the triglyceride backbone to clean the contaminants off. But you need to go one step further because research has shown that if you just package up the ethyl esters and sell those, which is what a lot of companies do, those are 70% less bioavailable than when the omega-3 is in its natural molecularly whole state, which is when the ethyl esters are attached to the triglyceride backbone. There are companies that literally specialize, and they are so few and far between, Brian, oh my goodness, um, but they specialize in being able to reattach the ethyl esters back to the triglyceride backbone after all of the contaminants have been removed to make sure that the oil is in its natural, whole, bioavailable, molecularly complete form of omega-3. So I know that's a lot of information and it's really, really complicated. <laughs> 
did you have anything that you wanted to comment on or or maybe clarify for the listeners before I talk about what my favorite company is for the fish oil? Um, go ahead and mention what your favorite company is with the fish oil. And then um, maybe you can clarify this as well. Are you saying right now you think it would be better to get a, a plant-based fatty acid instead of a fish oil-based fatty acid because of the whole process and how toxic everything's becoming? That's a really complex question. <laughs> because the truth is that when it comes to the plant-based fatty acids, as I mentioned, there is one company that I really trust, and that's Barleen's. And I'm not talking, I mean, every single one of these companies, they're trying to compete in a market where people, you know, the marketers are being, it's all about big and flashy and new, right? When you get a product, please do yourself a favor and get the most basic close to whole food form of that product because that's what's going to be most bioavailable barleens in order to keep up with what a lot of consumers want because their palates have become so desensitized by being addicted to sweet things they've created a lot of products in an effort to make the fatty acids more palatable to people but that doesn't necessarily mean they're better. You're going to want something that is simple and basic, just the fatty acids by itself. That's gonna be a good clean product because Barleen's is really careful about making sure that the raw material that they're sourcing is clean too. And not all companies that make plant-based fatty acid products do that. So I mentioned that with fish oil, there's like all these complicated processes to clean the fish oil. Guess what? In plant-based fatty acid products, they don't even bother cleaning the fats. They extract mm. the fat and they package it and that's it so raw material when it comes to the plant-based fatty acids is so important because what is the quality of that raw material was it grown with herbicides and pesticides or man-made synthetic fertilizers i mean really what was used on that raw material before it was extracted and the other thing to keep in mind, as I mentioned before, the most prominent way, the most popular and common way of extracting the plant-based fatty acids is using chemical solvents like hexane. And there are allowable limits of hexane in extracted oils. In fact, that's a big reason why it's really important to try to source cold-pressed extra virgin plant-based oils for your cooking because the same thing can be said of that too like all of the canola oil that is on the market it is not a natural food-based product people we were not meant to ever consume canola and guess how it's extracted no it is not cold pressed it is extracted with hexane and there are allowable limits of hexane in all of that, including the organic. So keep that in mind. I mean, this is, these are all things that we should be considering on a regular daily basis. So when it comes to the plant-based versus the fish oil, there, what's most important is that you source a really good high quality one. 
and that's why I wanted to share about Barleen's. When it comes to fish oil, my favorite product that I've found, and I have to tell you, I had a favorite brand that I had for 10 years. They got bought out by a big corporation that completely did away with everything that made them special and stand out in a crowd and made it one of the best quality products in the world. But a lot of that was undermined and you could tell because the products that they were making literally changed taste. They went from having a good, clean, fresh fish taste, which is what high quality fish oil based fatty acids should taste like. They should taste like nothing more than fresh fish. And all of a sudden it started tasting like fish gone bad. <laughs> and if it tastes that way, you should not be taking it. So I've spent the last five years trying to find a fish oil based product that was up to my standards and I finally did. But unfortunately for all of you consumers out there, it is a professional product, which means it's not necessarily something that you will be able to get over the counter. You have to actually be working with a functional practitioner, a professional practitioner in order to access this fish oil. And the brand is Biotics. Um, they are the only company I know of, and I'm not saying they're the only company in existence, but they're the only company I know of right now that meets my quality standards because they are removing the ethyl esters from the triglyceride backbone and cleaning all of the contaminants. And then they also have the ability to correctly reattach the ethyl esters to the triglyceride backbone to keep it in the whole food form. So it's up to you which one you source. But then to throw another <laughs> factor into the mix, we have to keep in mind that there is a different plant-based product that I haven't even spoken about yet, which is the omega-3 fatty acids that are derived from algae and plankton, which are also incredibly bioavailable and a very clean product as well. But I have to say they, because of the technology that goes into it, they have a much higher price point than some of the other products on the market. So they might not necessarily be the most feasible thing for everybody out there, but it's a really good, high quality, clean product and much more bioavailable than flax oil. I was going to ask about the algae, but I figured it'd open up a, a big <laughs> black hole for us to dive into. But since you opened it, um, I'm Can't curious afford. about algae. <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> I'm super curious about the algae because it's yeah. kind of like, algae mold all that type of stuff is kind of cleans the environment so if they're growing it i don't know if they're growing it in sanitation uh type plants which they very well yeah. could be i don't yep. know the process if they're not if they're doing it out in the ocean are they cleaning up all the pollutants in the ocean and then getting into the product such a great question brian they are farm raising the algae. So it's a very okay. controlled environment. And because they're able to control it, they're able to control the fact that there are no contaminants in 
their sourcing. And the great thing about algae is that it's really easy to grow the algae and the plankton and keep it clean, meaning keeping it from getting sick or ill because they're controlling what they're feeding the algae with as well, which are things like, you know, sunlight. <laughs> Or in this case, it would be high intensity UV light to make sure that the algae has what it needs to be able to survive and thrive. And they've perfected this system to make sure that the algae is generating and creating a lot of omega-3. And we have to keep in mind that the omega-3 that's in there, this is actually where the fish are getting their omega-3 from is from it kind of moves its way up the food chain so the things that eat the plankton and the algae get eaten by like larger and larger and larger fish and that's how we get these omega-3 rich foods so we're kind of going back to the original source but we have to keep in mind that we can't necessarily extract it directly from algae ourselves. We're not meant to eat plankton, <laughs> right? We're meant to eat the things that eat plankton. So they have found a way to extract the omega-3 to ensure that we're just getting the omega-3. Our body does not need to deal with trying to break down the plankton. Does that answer your yeah. question? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, totally. So, and I feel like we could continue for a whole hour on fatty acids, but yes. I know we got a lot to, <laughs> lot to get through here. Um, and since we're talking about microscopic things, how about probiotics? What, what's your take on the probiotics out there? Yes. Beneficial bugs. Ah, oh, yes. I love them. Okay. Well, once again, we could do another whole hour on this topic, but I'm going to try to keep things succinct. Perfect. When it comes to the majority of the probiotics that are on the market, oh boy, this is such a hard topic. Brian, I'm trying to keep things succinct, but it's really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have to keep in mind that almost every single product that is on the market is made with freeze-dried probiotics. Now, when you freeze-dry a probiotic, is it still alive? Let's think about this for a little bit. Okay, cryogenics. When you freeze dry a human being, are they still alive? When they come out, yeah. No, they're, no they're not. I mean, we literally <laughs> haven't figured out how to reanimate living tissue once we kill it. So the majority of what is in these products has been freeze dried, meaning it's no longer alive. And all of these companies are out there saying, oh no, well, what we're doing is we're basically, you know, just helping your body to remember what should be there. Or some of them will say, oh no, really? Well, some of them do come back to life. Do they? Do they really? I mean, let's really think about this, okay? They don't. They don't. So the things that we need to remember when it comes to probiotics is all of our mucosal membranes that line the entirety of our digestive system have positive beneficial bacteria. That means our mouth, our esophagus, 
our duodenum, our small intestine, our large intestine are all full of these beneficial bugs. The one place that is not so full of these beneficial bugs is the stomach because it's very, very acetic. It is literally where we are physically, mechanically breaking down food for digestion. And the way that our body does that is with high acid. Our stomach is meant to be a pH of between 1.5 to 3. Whereas the place where these beneficial bugs reside is just slightly alkaline of neutral. It's more like optimally a pH of around 7.45. That's very, very different. And these beneficial bacteria, the microbiome and the probiotics, they literally cannot survive in an acetic environment with the exception of maybe a couple of them that are made to. But the majority of them, they just can't. So when you look at the probiotics that are on the market, there's a whole bunch that say things like enteric coating. And what's hard about that is we have to ask ourselves, is this product able to literally break down and break open and open up so that these freeze dried, not even alive, supposedly beneficial bacteria can even get where it is that they need to go when they're supposed to get there? That's the majority of probiotics products on the market. Now, there are a couple that the, are the exception to the rule, and that's what I'm going to be telling you about right now. So one of my favorite products is called Dr. O'Hara's. And what I love about this product it is it is completely shelf stable. In fact, it should not ever be refrigerated. If you go to a retail place to buy this product and it has been refrigerated, please don't buy it. It should not be refrigerated ever, ever, ever. It just means that whoever it is that is working the supplement department of that store honestly does not understand enough about this product. The other reason why I love this product is Dr. O'Hara created an HCL protected delivery system. Now, HCL, hydrochloric acid, is the acid that our stomach makes for us to break down food. So what that means, the HCL protected delivery system, is that he created a completely natural soft gel casing that when it is in an acetic environment, it actually hardens. And when it reaches a pH neutral environment, it softens and opens up so that his products are actually legitimately able to withstand the acetic environment of the stomach and make it directly into the slightly alkaline of neutral pH environment of the duodenum and the small intestines and the large intestines so that all of that beneficial bacteria can get where it needs to go. And I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, but Kate, you just said that everything out there is freeze dried. Ha ha, not the case with Dr. O'Hara's. Dr. O'Hara's is a really unique product because all of his beneficial bacteria is grown in a food fermented food base. So these probiotics literally grow up together. They're like a happy little family. Oh yeah, that reminds me. I forgot to mention that. 
There are some products that are on the market that are encapsulated live. They aren't freeze-dried. But we need to remember that these different strains are grown up independently of one another. And then they are put together in this product. Now, since they are grown independently of one another, when they actually come in contact with each other, guess what? They see one another as a pathogen. They see one another as a foreign entity that needs to be attacked. So instead of working to repopulate our healthy flora, whichever ones actually manage to survive the acetic environment of our stomach and make it into our small and large intestines, instead of repopulating our body, we'll start attacking each other instead of working together. But Dr. O'Hare, since he is a scientist who specializes in and dedicated his life to the study of beneficial bacteria, realized this and was like, well, how can I get around this? So that's where he came up with the idea of growing all of the beneficial bacteria up together inside this fermented food matrix so that when they enter our body they see each other as a cohesive family that works together to repopulate the healthy flora in our body the other reason why I really like this product is because Dr. O'Hara actually identified and discovered a very specific strain of beneficial bacteria that recognizes biofilm for what it is. Um, I assume you probably know what biofilm is, Brian, but do you want me to describe what it is for our listeners? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so when we have a pathogen that enters our body, such as a parasite, they actually coat themselves with something known as biofilm. The reason why they do this is because the biofilm mimics what the lining of our small intestine looks like so that our beneficial bacteria that naturally inhabit our own intestines don't understand that there is a pathogen under the biofilm and they don't get rid of it. But this very specific strain of bacteria that Dr. O'Hara found, I forget the exact name of it, but I know that it ends with the derivative TH10. So if you look at the back of the label and you look for the TH10, this is the one that does that. It recognizes biofilm for what it is, and what it essentially does is it sticks a big yellow flag in that biofilm saying, hey, beneficial bacteria family, this is a pathogen. Eradicate, 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 and everything else goes, Rah! and they go after it and they attack it. There are stories that I have heard, um, this is anecdotal, from practitioners who gave this product to their clients and their client and these clients were suffering from really bad parasites that no rounds of antibiotics were helping and had gotten down to 85 pounds like these pathogens had just really wreaked havoc on their body and what they started doing was taking 15 Dr. O'Hara capsules every morning and every night. And after two days of doing this, the dead parasites started coming out of their body in the stools. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, 
really amazing anecdotal stories about this product. Now, I'm not saying that you should do that, consumers. <laughs> you need to be working with a professional practitioner who is overseeing things and working with you. I'm just sharing this information so that you're aware of just how beneficial this product can be. And there is the over-the-counter line, but there's also a professional product that is fermented for five years instead of the three years that this product is normally fermented for. So that is one of my favorite probiotic products on the market. Absolutely love about it. Love it. Could talk about it for days, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not the only one that I love. There's another one that I love too. Did you want to hear about that one too, or do you want to move on? Yep, let's hear about that one. Okay, so the other probiotic products that I really like are known as spore-based. Now, to be clear, the majority of most probiotics on the market are best taken away from food. And in my practice, I encourage my clients to take probiotics at bedtime because that means they have the longest time to go through the body uninterrupted and unencumbered by food to reinstate the healthy flora. However, there are some probiotics that are better taken with food and those are going to be the spore-based probiotics. So to explain a little bit about what that is, in our soil, there are literally meant to be healthy bacteria, healthy microbiome in the soil. Now, a lot of that has been killed off because of the industrialization of food, but there is some soil that is still healthy, and there are farmers that are doing what they can to regenerate the soil, but that is a different topic in and of itself. So back to these spore-based bacteria. Our vegetables and produce, when it is grown in the soil, actually absorb this beneficial spore-based bacteria. And when we were working with the soil, with our hands on a regular basis, we were absorbing them too. That's why they talk about how working with the dirt can be so healthy. Because if you're working for with healthy soil that has that good, positive, beneficial spores in it, it will actually help to um, keep the probiotics that live on your skin healthy, which is why I am so against antibacterial soaps, because our skin is literally meant to be populated with beneficial bacteria too. But once again, that's another completely different topic. So my favorite product having to do with this is called Megaspore. Now, Megaspore is a professional line product. You do need to find a practitioner in order to be able to source this product, but it is one of my absolute favorites. There are a lot of people um, who have very specific health conditions that make them more prone to intestinal permeability, also more commonly known as leaky gut. And Megaspore, the company that makes this product, has so many research and studies that show that this spore-based probiotic that they've created actually helps the body to regenerate its intestinal lining so that it can be healthy again. It's a really wonderful product and I absolutely love it. Now, before we move on, 
to the next product that I wanted to talk about. Do you mind if I say one more thing about probiotics? <laughs> yep, and then I got I got a couple questions for you. So Okay. So something that commonly comes up around probiotics, and maybe this is one of the questions that you had, is whether or not to take probiotics when you're taking antibiotics. And I have good news. I have an answer for you about that question for all of you. When I was being educated for five years about supplements and product quality and the best way to use them, I was lucky enough to come across probably around six different experts and converse with them very in-depth about the topic of probiotics. These are people who had dedicated their lives as scientists just to the study of probiotics. And they all separately, independently of each other, and we have to keep in mind, these scientists were not working for a company that was promoting any kind of agenda. They were simply looking at the studies and research and information from an unbiased scientific mind. And every single one of these six individuals, independent of each other, explicitly said, do not take probiotics when you're taking antibiotics. And the reason why is because you are literally undermining the efficacy of the antibiotics. When you are on antibiotics, and I'm not talking about taking them 12 hours apart and take one at this time and take the other at that time. No, they were very clear. You finish the round of antibiotics, and then when you are done with the round of antibiotics, you start taking the probiotics. You do not want to undermine the efficacy of antibiotics. There are so many people who get caught in this horrible loop of taking round after round after round of antibiotics. And guess what? Usually they are the people who are taking the probiotics at the same time. It's a bad deal, you guys. You're literally creating a war inside of your body. And your body, it's almost like when the left foot doesn't know what the right foot is doing because you're sending two completely different messages. Just take the antibiotics, finish them, then focus on reinstating and repopulating the healthy flora. So some people recommend Espilardi with uh, uh, antibiotics. What do you think about that? I know that there are people who recommend and suggest that. Um, I am not one of those individuals because I still feel like it is sending conflicting messages. And um, if I'm going to take antibiotics, I am going to listen to the advice of those experts in the field <laughs> that I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to speak with and just send one very clear very direct message to my body for a short period of time. If I have a bad reaction to the antibiotic, I will go to my general practitioner and tell them I'm having a bad reaction to this antibiotic so that they can switch it out with a different one. And for me, I've gotten to know which antibiotics my body works well with versus which ones it doesn't. 
and that can vary from person to person. So if you're having a bad reaction to your antibiotic, talk to your GP about it. Find an alternate that will work better for you, that will still do what you need the antibiotic to do because antibiotics serve a very specific purpose. There are reasons why they exist and they can be life-saving when we need it. I am one of those people who they literally saved my life at one point, but I made a conscious choice to take them knowing that it was what my body needed at the time and knowing that I would be able to do the repair and restoration on the other side of taking them. So I encourage you to please not listen to the plethora of misinformation that is out there because I'm telling you, if you dig deeper, you will actually find that all of the people out there that are saying that it's okay to take them at the same time, or even that you should take them at the same time, have an underlying agenda and are working for someone who is profiting from this misinformation. Don't fall for it. And then I want to play devil's advocate here. Uh, you had mentioned that um, you should have uh, an acidic stomach, which would kill most of the probiotics that's coming through the system. Mm -hmm. So if we're looking at, you know, 100 years ago before we had any of the supplementation and all that type of stuff, um, how would we get probiotics to survive going through the intestinal tract? And now that we're doing super high doses of the probiotics, What's that doing to our bodies? Ooh, that is such a great question, Brian. Okay, so this goes back to the spore-based probiotics, right? That's how we used to get the majority of our beneficial bacteria was from the spores in the dirt that we were harvesting the our food from, essentially. So the great thing about the spore-based, as I mentioned, you do want to take them with food because they naturally came as a part of our food. These spore-based bacteria are actually meant to be surviving the acidic environment of the stomach. So you can take them and you don't have to worry about them being destroyed by the acid because they're gonna be just fine. They're gonna show up on the other side and they're gonna be like, we, we know what to do. And they're gonna start like, you know, populating and propagating and all that good stuff. <laughs> And then my other question, do you ever rotate yeah. rotate your probiotics so go back and forth between the two brands? Yes, definitely. So for me, um, I work with my functional practitioner because I have a functional practitioner. I, I really do truly believe that all of us practitioners, it would be best if we have someone else kind of an outsider's eye to help make sure that we're covering our own bases the best that we can. So my functional practitioner will functionally test me on which one I need at any given point in time. And my body usually goes back and forth. But what's really interesting is just as an example, this time of year right now is very hard on me. I have a lot of allergies and so making sure that my intestinal lining um, is very solid and doesn't have any permeability is really important. So leading into this season, my body tested really well on Dr. O'Hara's and Megaspore and Saccharomyces boulardii. So I'm currently <laughs> 
on all three, but I'm taking them separately of each other. So I'm taking the megaspore with my breakfast every morning, and then I take the Dr. O'Hara's and the Saccharomyces boulardii at night when I go to bed. And that way, I'm taking them at the optimal times when they can do the most benefit for my system. Perfect. And we had um, Kira and Krishnan on talking about Megaspore, those soil-based probiotics on episode 57. So if people want to hear a little bit about what he had to say, you can go to there. Okay, so where are we going next with Kate's favorite supplements? Well, I have to talk about digestive enzymes because there's some different digestive enzymes that are on the market and they really aren't all created equal. So there's kind of two different big categories. One big category is the pancreatic based enzymes. And then there are the plant-based enzymes. I have to tell you, I am really big on the plant-based enzymes. And the reason why is because I'm aware of some studies that were done I think it was back around, oh, I don't want to say the wrong year. Uh, it was back around the turn of the millennium, like sometime between 2000, 2005, somewhere in there, where a whole bunch of different supplement companies came together and they decided to pool their resources to do research and studies on the efficacy of the pancreatic enzymes versus the efficacy of the plant-based enzymes. and. First of all, one of the things that they found was that the plant-based enzymes were so much better at the efficacy of helping us to break down our digest and digest our foods because just like these spore-based probiotics, plant-based enzymes are naturally occurring in raw living foods. So we are meant to be getting a lot of enzymes from food, but most of us are eating cooked food most of the time, which is important if we're living in colder environments, then cooking our food to make sure that it is warming to our body and not requiring cellular energy to warm it up can be very beneficial to us. However, cooking destroys those plant-based enzymes. So most of us are not getting what we need to digest our food optimally to kind of help our body to digest the food in the way that our body was meant to have that help from the plant-based enzymes. Pancreatic enzymes, on the other hand, they also get destroyed by stomach acid. They get destroyed in an acetic environment. So the pancreatic enzymes have to have the enteric coating. And as I mentioned before, do we have any guarantee that that enteric coating is going to break down on time so that the pancreatic enzymes get exactly where they're meant to be, which is in the duodenum? And the duodenum is the very beginning of the small intestine. It's literally where the stomach empties its contents into the small intestines, that is the duodenum. So if you have an enteric coating that is supposed to be surviving the acetic environment of the stomach, how can you guarantee that those pancreatic enzymes, the enteric coating on it, is actually going to be broken down by the time it reaches the duodenum? And if it was broken down before in the stomach, then all of those pancreatic enzymes were, ta-da, destroyed, <laughs> right? So with the pancreatic enzymes, 
If you take them, it's going to be best to take them either a half an hour before you eat or one full hour after you eat to try to help them get where they need to go at the right time. Um, but still, there's no guarantees about that. The study that I mentioned at the beginning of talking about enzymes, I want to go back to that because the study that was done also found a very unexpected result, which was around a little bit more than 50% of the people who were taking the pancreatic enzymes for a long period of time, their bodies, it was creating a negative feedback loop. And the researchers really did not expect this. What was happening was over an extended period of time, over 50% of the people started making less of their own pancreatic enzymes by taking pancreatic enzymes for an extended period of time. And they noticed that this started happening at around the four to six month mark. So I'll be honest with you, there are some people who legitimately test better on the pancreatic enzymes versus the plant-based enzymes, but I make sure that they are on the pancreatic enzymes for three months or less while I figure out what is the root cause of why their body isn't making their own pancreatic enzymes so that they can start producing their own. So that's kind of my goal as a functional practitioner. But those people are in the minority. They're only about 10 to 20 percent of the individuals in my practice legitimately test better on the pancreatic versus the plant-based. Now, my favorite plant-based enzyme product of all time is known as Enzymedica Digest Cold. Enzymedica is spelled E-N-Z-Y-M-E-D-I-C-A, and the product is Digest Gold. This product is amazing. It's a high-potency pharmaceutical-grade plant-based enzyme that is available over-the-counter. It's non-GMO. It's free of all of the common allergens like egg, dairy, preservatives, salt, sucrose, soy, wheat, yeast, nuts, corn, gluten, casein, potato, rice, and it even is free of artificial colors and flavors. Suffice to say, this is one of my all-time favorite products. And is that a practitioner um, line as well, or can people get that anywhere? This product is available over the counter. Perfect. I know. <laughs> I don't live off of it three months or less. Oh, that's only with the pancreatic enzymes. This is a oh, plant-based okay. enzyme. The plant-based enzymes, since they are something that we are meant to be getting in every single meal that we eat, are completely safe to take long-term with no concerns about it affecting our digestive function in any way. That's really good to know. Yeah. Make note of that one. Okay, anything else you want to talk about uh, those enzymes? I, I think that covers it. <laughs> you know, okay, what is next? <laughs> so I thought it might be good to talk about um, Sovereign Silver for a little bit because that is really gaining popularity and notoriety in the supplement world. And it's important to be aware that not all colloidal silver products are the same. So a lot of times when you think about metals, right, when they are broken apart into pieces, 
they can have some very jagged edges. And that's often what happens when colloidal silver is made by companies who don't have a specialized patented process to break apart the nanoparticulates is when those nanoparticulates are broken apart, they have sharp jagged edges from the metal. There is one company though that has a specialized process to make sure that when they're breaking apart the nanoparticulates, they're all broken apart into smooth, round particulates. And that company is Sovereign Silver. It is by far my all-time favorite colloidal silver product with the specialized processing to make sure that when you're taking the sovereign silver, the thing about those jagged edges is that they can cause damage to healthy cells, which is not what you want. So you want to make sure that you're taking a product where those nano particulates are going to have those smooth round edges so that no damage is being inadvertently done to healthy cells. So question about silver from Sarah, my wife. Yeah. Uh, she was asking if you can um, accumulate silver and if it could create some kind of heavy metal type toxicity in the body. If you took too much, you definitely can if you take a product that is not processed correctly. And there's a lot of really good information about this online. If you research it, articles that discuss more in depth by specialists in the field that talk about how like you may have seen or heard images about the blue man <laughs> who literally <laughs> turned himself kind of a blue gray. And the reason why is because he was trying to make his own colloidal silver at home. And I think he was drinking it kind of like water. Like he was drinking about a pint or a quart a day or something really ridiculous. <laughs> it was not good. The great thing about Sovereign Silver is that if you're using a really good high quality product, you're not going to need a whole lot of it, but it's still going to be safe at the higher levels because when you're getting the nanoparticles in that smooth round form, they literally don't have any way to bind to anything. When you have the jagged edges, those jagged edges can get stuck in tissue, whereas the smooth round form is able to just easily move in and out of cells and through the body, doing what it needs to, to support killing off the pathogens that can infect our system like bacteria and viruses and mold and things like that. The sovereign silver can be very, very helpful in that way. And what I love about the sovereign silver specifically is that you don't need to worry about taking too much because those nanoparticles won't get stuck in your body. Perfect. Well, this next brand, you actually talked about them in the last episode and how much you appreciate their production process. So dive into that one. Oh, man, Brian. Of course you'd have to bring this up. Okay, so at the beginning of this podcast, I said, I don't have favorite supplement, favorite brands. I only have favorite products. But uh, I have to be honest with everyone. I really do have a favorite brand. <laughs> and that brand is, in all honesty, Mega Foods. So Mega Foods, as I talked about in the last episode, 
first of all, let's talk about their full transparency. You can watch any part of their production process 24-7 online, any part of it their lab testing, their fermenting material, their extraction material, their dryers. Not only that, all of their products are food-based or food-grown. And if you want a refresher of what I mean by that, please feel free to listen to the other podcast because I do go a little bit more into detail about that. All of their products are tested like the raw material it comes in okay so they derive their vitamin c from oranges so first they test to make sure that the orange is actually genetically an orange and the reason why they do that is because they know that cross-contamination food reactivity is a very real thing and a lot of times citrus fruits are grown next to each other like you've got blood oranges and limes and lemons and oranges and tangerines and they're all growing very closely to each other so they want to make sure that their oranges are all legitimately oranges that they don't have any parts of a different kind of citrus fruit that are in them because they want it to just be pure and clean and what it says on the label. Then they test their raw material for 125 different herbicides and pesticides to make sure that all of their raw material is free of the most commonly used herbicides and pesticides on the market. And that is huge. They primarily source organic material, but they are still testing that to make sure that it hits those organic standards. Their products are also, the entire line is certified gluten and soy free and dairy free. Their products are also completely clearly labeled so you can look at every single product and go, oh, look, it has these verifications on it. And they're all listed right down one side of the label. Their line is additionally 100% GMO free. They they're so amazing, Brian. I I could talk about them for an entire podcast. But I'll stop there. I feel like that's a good amount of information. <laughs> and it, you, you've mentioned a lot of different things, different studies. Um, you also mentioned like with Mega Foods, how you can uh, watch the whole process. We're going to have links to all of that stuff at summitforwellness.com slash 104. And so if you're interested in seeing what that manufacturing process looks like, we'll have a link right there. Oh, yeah, that's true, because I did. I sent you a link for the um, Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. There's a link for some of the studies about Megaspore. And yeah, there's there's a link for um, the production process for Mega Foods. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me about that. I completely forgot. <laughs> Okay, what is next on Kate's list? Oh, yes. We have hit the part of the podcast where we're going to talk about urban goodness. (laughs) (laughs) So the first company that I wanted to talk about is known as Himalaya USA. Now, what I love about this product line is something very, very specific, and that is their single herb products. 
not their proprietary combination blends, but their single herb products. They have an amazingly good price point for what they are. They're super high potency. There are absolutely no excipients used in any of their single herb products at all. And if you want a refresher on what I mean by excipients, once again, you can listen to the previous podcast that I did with Brian, podcast number 85, where I talk about supplement quality. In their single herb products, they are using 100% organic herb and then an organic extract of that herb. And that's it. That's the only material used. So what they're doing with the extract is they're actually using that to bind the herb together to create what they call a caplet. They're high potency. They're really effective. Um, and just kind of for... Uh, an idea of how effective they are. I wanted to give you a comparison. I was on one product by a company that I really, really like. It was ashwagandha and the dose was three a day. And I was feeling eh, some okay benefits from it, which was kind of frustrating because I mean, I really loved this brand and I loved their products and I knew that they were super clean. I ended up buying a Himalaya product. Now with this other company, it was three pills a day, 90 capsules in a bottle. So it was a one month supply. And I think it cost a little over $20. I got the Himalaya, also $20, 60 caplets, one a day. I took it the first day and holy moly, Batman, could I feel the difference from one tiny little caplet versus the three that I was taking a day. And since I only needed to take one a day, I had just spent $20 on a two month supply instead of $20 on a one month supply. It was amazing. I was very excited. So yes, that's a win. -win. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so really, really great product. I love Himalaya USA. Their single herb products are phenomenal. And then uh, continuing on with the urban goodness, what else do you got? Okay, so the next company that I really love is known as Gaia Herbs. Gaia is a really amazing company. They Their entire line is organic. It's biodynamic. They work very hard at sustainability and potency. I mean, the thing I like to say about Gaia is, what does Gaia Herbs not do? Now, the other thing that I love about their products is on every single product, they actually have a little, um, oh shoot, I forget what they're called, Brian, because I have never been a tech savvy individual, but do you remember those little squares that you used to be able to scan with your phone to find out? Oh, the QR code. Yes, they have those on their products and what they do is they literally allow you to track every single herb that is used in every single one of their products from farm to product all the way through the process just by scanning that wow i know that's Good really for them yeah very very amazing the other thing that i love is that they've done a lot of research and studies now granted these research and studies are not available to the public and the reason why is because the way that the FDA regulates the supplement industry is different than the way that it regulates uh, the food and pharmaceutical industry. So when a company does these research and studies, 
they're not allowed to be made to the public. I know it's complicated and it's, <laughs> it's really messed up. However, practitioners do have access to that information. So if you are a practitioner and you're listening to this podcast, know that, for example, if you are a graduate of the Nutritional Therapy Association, you do have the ability to get a professional practitioner account with Gaia Herbs. And if you contact them and ask them if they have information like study or research on a specific topic, if they do, they would be happy to share that with you. So let's say you got the research from them Mm -hmm. and somehow it leaked out to the internet. Then what happens? (sighs) Oh, well, that does happen. And unfortunately that means that the practitioner would probably be gone after by that company because it's like, it's a big, it's a big legality issue. Like they can share it with practitioners and practitioners can talk to their clients about the findings of a study, but that doesn't mean they can't share the, they can't share the actual legitimate study with (laughs) their clientele. It's really messed up. Um, But yeah, that's a thanks pharmaceutical industry. The pharmaceutical industry, I mean, they try really, really hard to make sure that they are the ones that are getting the majority of the money. So there's a lot of very, very weird laws that are overseeing and governing and regulating how and what information can be distributed by supplement companies. And that's just the truth of it. I do have a couple more urban goodness pieces to share. You want me to get into the next one, Brian? Let's go for it. So the next one, this is a company that I absolutely love. And it's a company that's not very well known by a lot of people. So I'm excited to be able to share this information with everyone who is listening. The company is Organs Wild Harvest. Now, the reason why I absolutely love this company is because it was started by a master herbalist. And the reason why he started this company really came from his heart, because at the time that he started the company, he felt like there were no companies that were out there doing everything in the traditional ways. So with every single herb, there is a traditional harvesting method, meaning harvesting the herb when it's actually at peak efficacy. And there's also traditional processing methods, meaning how is that herb meant to be worked with so that the efficacy is maintained? And that's what he started this company on. So every single herb that they use, first of all, it's 100% organic or wild sourced for their entire line. And they've even gone above and beyond in the last few years. And they've started creating products that are biodynamic, um, which is beyond organic. Because the reason why they started doing that is... Organic regulations, unfortunately, organic has become a very big, uh, very profitable business. Let's put it that way. 
And therefore, there are a lot of huge corporations that keep lobbying to undermine the regulations that keep organic truly organic. And I think I may have mentioned this in the last podcast, but I'm not sure. One of the things that's really scary that I found out recently is for the last two to three years, all produce that is grown hydroponically, it is okay for them to use glyphosate on those products. If it's organic and hydroponically grown, they can use glyphosate on it. And a lot of people don't know that about organic. So it's there's deregulation happening all the time. And what used to be organic is no longer truly organic. So getting beyond organic is kind of becoming the new standard. So that's where this individual who started the company Organs Wild Harvest, that's why he's starting to go more towards the biodynamic and the beyond organic, because his whole point and purpose of starting this company in the first place was making sure that these herbs were going to have high efficacy for the individuals who were trying to do something to benefit and support their health. So all the herbs are harvested and processed using traditional methods to ensure the potency and the therapeutic benefits. And it's another line that is 100% excipient free. So absolutely no fillers of any kind. So going back to the hydroponics, how do you know if a vegetable that you're having is hydroponically grown? Um, Does it say? Well, that's kind of a complicated question. Interestingly enough, there are some uh, buy-ins <laughs> that are like basically, well, hmm, I'm trying to figure out how to answer this question. This one kind of threw me a little bit because I'm like, how do I consolidate this answer? Most hot houses that do like indoor farming and harvesting practices are going to be using hydroponics. So if it is something that is talking about, you know, being grown in an indoor facility, making sure that it's not exposed to any outdoor contaminants, that's a huge giveaway. I, I don't I don't know how else to <laughs> answer that question. It's a hard one. You you literally need to trace back to the source. So on a lot of pieces of produce, they actually have like a little sticker that has the name of the company that did the growing, the country that it was sourced from, and it would be a matter of doing the research on the company whose sticker is on the piece of produce to find out what are their growing methods. That's yeah. So the other thing that you can do to make sure that your things are not being grown that way is go to a farmer's market and source from your local farmer that you've talked to about their growing practices. So you know that you can trust their food or becoming part of a local CSA or CFA where you know the farmers that are actually contributing to that product that you're purchasing and you know that it's trustworthy. I mean, really eating locally grown produce is going to be the most nutritionally beneficial anyway, which you and I know as functional nutritionists, Brian, but um, those are just some of the simple ways that you can make sure that you're making 
safe and empowered and informed choices for yourself and your loved ones. Perfect. Well, we are coming down to the last couple here. So go ahead and close us down. Okay. So I think this is the last one that I want to mention and it's urban moonshine. The thing about urban moonshine, this is another over the counter company and I absolutely love them because they specialize in bitters. Now, some of you who are listening may not necessarily know what bitters are. So for those of you that do know what bitters are, thank you for your patience while I go ahead and describe that for a little bit. So bitters are herbs that literally have a bitter taste. And when we think about our tongues, our tongues have multiple different receptors to pick up different tastes and bitter is one of the tastes. There's a lot of research that's been coming out lately that has been showing that it's important for us to be stimulating all of those different taste receptors on our tongue at every single meal. And the reason why those bitter taste receptors are so important is because they literally are what give our body the message to start making gastric juices to digest our food. So when we take bitters, it's a very natural way of being able to stimulate our own gastric juices so that we can break down and digest our food better, which is awesome. Now, not all bitters that are out there are the same. There's a variety of different quality products. But another thing to keep in mind about bitters is that most of the herbs that are traditionally known as bitters are also known as being cooling to the body. So herbs have different um, ways that they're categorized. Some things are warming. So if you think about warming, that would be like cinnamon or ginger, right? You, When you think about cinnamon or ginger, when you consume it or cayenne, it literally warms the tongue. It warms the body. The bitters are cooling. When you consume them, it cools the body. So Urban Moonshine also developed and formulated by a master herbalist. She wanted to make sure because she lives in the very cold environment of Vermont and she found that the cooling bitters were just knocking a lot of people's bodies out of balance. So she created her own formula where she combined warming herbs that help to stimulate and support digestive function like ginger with the cooling traditional bitters to create a balanced neutral bitter product that is neutral because it combines both the warming and the cooling elements that support digestion really phenomenal product 100 organic including the alcohol that she uses she uses hypoallergenic alcohol that is sourced from organic grapes phenomenal products absolutely love them cannot say enough about them or her she's an amazing human being um yeah great great product Then you have two more, it looks like, right? Nope, we're not going to get into those because those are both practitioner-only lines, and I don't want to make people want something that they can't have. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're so nice. What's that? <laughs> you're so nice. Well, you know, I will say one thing about one of those products, which is 
I wanted to talk for a second about glandulars really quickly before we wrap this up. And the reason why is because there is literally only one brand of glandulars that I am willing to use in my practice here in the United States, and that is Biotics. Now, this is a professional line, just like with the fish oil that I mentioned earlier. When it comes to glandulars, they are the only company that produces glandulars manufactured in the United States that meet the EU's standards for glandulars. So they are literally the only product that's allowed to be imported into the EU as use of a pharmaceutical product over there for glandulars. No other product that is made here in the United States that is a glandular meets those standards. And this is why until I found out about biotics glandulars, I would not use glandulars in my practice because they were not clean enough. When we think about glandulars, we need to remember why we're taking them. We're taking them to support our body. They're like nutritional powerhouses that have a combination because all glands, they, I'm trying to figure out how to put this succinctly. Every single gland in our body has a very specific combination of nutrients that it needs in order to function optimally. Now, when you are sourcing those glands from animals that have been raised in an overcrowded feedlot where they have been being fed something that is not their natural diet for their entire life, do you really think that that gland from that animal is going to be beneficial to health? I don't. Now, maybe you have a different take on that, but I really get my discernment tells me big fat no. Okay, so with biotics glandulars, they go above and beyond because they are actually sourcing neonatal. So every single one of their glands is sourced from very young animals that have been born and raised in a pasture, in their natural environment, the way nature intended, stress-free. These are clean, super clean products because these animals, their moms, have been raised in a pasture as well. So they are eating their natural diet and then the calves are eating the natural diet. Very good, high clean, high quality clean, super potent products. And the only ones that I'm willing to use in my practice for those reasons. And did I explain that well enough, Brian? I'm, I'm honestly a little did. tired because this podcast, it's got a lot of information in it. So my brain's starting to go, woo! <laughs> yeah, this is, this is not a podcast anymore. This is a class. Yeah. People just signed up for a class. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're both getting tired here, let's go ahead and start wrapping things up. So is there any last things you want to say about uh, supplements? And then uh, where can people find more about um the program you put together and potentially the um, the consumer program that you'll release in the future. Yeah, so my website is academyofpsc.com and that stands for Academy of Professional Supplement Certification. It is specifically for 
Supplement education for functional practitioners. That is my goal, is really making sure that a lot of practitioners that are out there who are using supplements have the skills and the education to know how to source good, high quality supplements. Because to be blunt, a lot of the supplements that are out on the market are not bioavailable and are a waste of people's money. Now, when it comes to the consumer related course, that is something that is in the works. And my hope is that it will be ready either by fall of 2020, or if not by then, then it will be ready by 2021. Perfect. And then people can find you on Instagram and Facebook at Kate Mahoney NTP. Uh, Kate, thank you so much. Uh, super informative. Once again, we love having you on. And um, this is an inside joke between you and me, but maybe next time we'll bring you on to talk about supplements for cats. Oh, geez. Yeah. That was a fun conversation before we started recording. <laughs> Definitely not my area of expertise, but a fun conversation in and of itself. Well, it's been great, Brian. I love being here and thank you for having me. There was a lot of info in that interview with Kate, so I will be having resources in the show notes so you can get refreshers on what we talked about. All you have to do is go to summitforwellness.com slash 104. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be awesome if you could swing over to Apple Podcasts real quick and leave us a quick rating and review. Just open up your podcast player, hit the rate button, and you can help us out a little tiny bit. And if you are ready to start an at-home workout program, then our 28 Days to a Fitter You program is available for anyone just starting an exercise routine. Head on over to summitforwellness.com slash 28 days to learn more. Next week, I have Lucia Hawley on the show to talk about the anti-diet culture and how to be successful with losing weight. So let's go learn a little bit about Lucia. I am here with Lucia Hawley. Hey, Lucia, what is one unique thing about you that most people don't know? <laughs> well, one unique thing about me that most people don't know is that I was homeschooled. Homeschooled? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what will we be learning about in our interview together? So we're going to be going over what diet culture is, what anti-diet culture is, what the gray area is between those, and how to approach weight loss for life and why that gets to move beyond just one more new fad diet. And what are your favorite foods or nutrients that you think everyone should get more of in their diet? Oh, man. Okay. Well, those feel like two different subjects. My favorite foods right <laughs> right now, I'm just going to say my boyfriend and I are on such a huge like hot sauce kick. We like every time we go out and grocery shopping, we're getting a new hot sauce just to try. So we have like, okay, not a million, but it feels like a million in our fridge. Um, but I'm really actually going off of that. I'm really into fermented foods always. So we also like to make our own uh, hot sauces and make fermented hot sauces. So probiotics are huge to me. So good for gut health and of course, mental health and well-being. And what are your top three health tips for anyone who wants to improve their overall wellness? Yeah. So top tip is first one is cultivating a gratitude practice. Second tip is learning to understand what your stories are around your hunger and your appetite. And the third practice is starting to become aware of 
what your subconscious identity is and that if you desire, you have the full capacity to change that identity to help you move towards your goals. That episode has an interesting take on dieting in general. So until then, keep climbing to the peak of your health.